This podcast's only purpose is for informational use. It is not a recommendation to buy or sell any security. Investing in the market is risky and past performance is not indicative of future results. The topics covered today reflect the opinions of my own and any guest that I have. Our opinions should not influence any trading maneuver in the market. Today, I have my first ever guest on the podcast, Freddie Finance, and we got into some awesome topics. Check it out. I've been digging too deep. Welcome back to another episode of the Two Cents 20-Year-Old Podcast, the podcast where I talk about the things that you should be thinking about when it comes to your money. This is a very, very exciting episode because today I have my first ever official guest, Freddie Finance, on to talk about the current craziness in the markets with Robinhood and GameStop and all of that insane news. And then for part two that I will be posting soon, I have him talking about basically him as a TikTok personality, YouTube personality. And then I dig deep a little bit into his knowledge about finance. We talk about his baseball career, we talk about his finance career, his investing career. It's such an awesome episode. That one is coming out after this one. I'm going to split our talk into two parts because we both knew that the value from these episodes were going to be tremendous, so we decided it'd be best to just split them up into two different episodes. Freddie Finance is one of the first creators I ever followed on TikTok. Yesterday, we talked a little bit and got to know each other a little bit better, and we went over what we wanted today's episode to look like. Sitting at 85,000 TikTok followers, he is without a doubt one of the larger creators in finance on TikTok. He also has a YouTube channel that you can find if you look up Freddie Finance on YouTube. Go give him some love. He has some awesome content, just like he does on TikTok as well, also at Freddie Finance. Aside from his incredible virality on TikTok and the incredible value that he provides, Freddie Salton played D1 baseball before opening doors to finance. This incredible episode with Freddie Finance starts now. All right, Freddie Finance, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to you. This is awesome. Yeah, no problem, dude. Thank you for having me. Yeah, not a problem. So yesterday we FaceTimed a little bit. We talked about basically what we wanted to actually discuss in this episode. So what we're going to do is we're going to set up two different episodes. One, this first one, we're going to be talking about Robinhood. GameStop, AMC, all, all this craziness in the market with the Robinhood traders. And um, we'll get into that a little bit later. But so before we do that, could you just introduce yourself? What do you do? What are you about? What do you make online? Yeah, for sure. So uh, my name is Freddie Sultan, but uh, I'm known on TikTok and I, I try to brand myself as Freddie Finance. And I am a wealth management professional in the industry, a retail wealth management professional. And that means that I work for individuals like you and me. I'm not, uh, I don't work for a hedge fund. So um, you know, that's basically, you know, that's what I do. I make TikToks and um, I try to preach the concept of financial literacy so that people can learn to make their own investment decisions the right way. Mm -hmm. I love it. Yeah. Basically, I, before I even started my podcast account, like I told you in our FaceTime yesterday, I found your account, followed it, loved the content because it's, it's one of those things like TikTok is there for people to make content that is easily digestible to people like me, you know, people who are interested in it, not professionals in it but want to get better, want to learn more about it. Like I said, one of the earliest accounts that I followed before I even got into making personal finance content of my own. Um, but so what we're going to do today is get into the Robin Hood situation, GameStop situation, BlackBerry situation, Nokia situation, AMC situation. So what I want to do is hear your opinion on it. What do you think? What do you know? So what um, I think is that this is absolutely insane, uh, good, both good and bad. 
But so what happened was is a, and I didn't even really, and even I'm a, I've, I majored in finance and I've, you know, I follow a lot of finance stuff and I've never really, I've, I've heard of Wall Street bets, but I've never followed them. And I literally got Reddit and I followed them now because of all this madness, but apparently they have a huge following there. And it's just a bunch of savage traders that, you know, try to find ways to kind of get big wins. And yeah, they're known exactly. right now for this huge win, but they have a lot of losses too. Oh yeah. That's the name of the game when you trade like they do. And so they somehow learned that GameStop was being shorted over 108, it was 108% of the shares that were outstanding were shorted mostly by big hedge funds. And so somehow GameStop figured this out and they got their whole community. And obviously they have some very wealthy people in there. So they had a lot of people buying up the stock and all the shorts the short orders were getting filled up and bought up because when the short order gets filled and it doesn't work out in the favor of the short person, uh, they have to buy that stock at the price. And when that keeps happening and happening, it just, that's called the short squeeze. So that just causes madness. And then obviously there's all hype. And now with social media, which is again, is, is officially in a market influencer. It um, just drove a bunch of these uh, other outside users as well into it and a bunch of new investors, just like mm -hmm. the pandemic has done. Yep. Yeah. And I think like, that's the, that's the whole piece, right? It's like Robinhood was made for this very reason, but they didn't expect this to actually happen. And because like you said, with these social media uh, tunnels, platforms, people can go on like Discord, like Reddit, and they can basically talk about it with this hive mind. You know, it's just human nature. We have a hive mind. People will get together. You hear one thing, you spread it to 10. Those 10 people spread it to another 10 each. You know what I mean? So it compounds. So with the GameStop situation, it really was like, just complete hype it was the same thing with like tesla a ton of hedge funds were shorting More tesla. Extreme way. yeah exactly they a ton of a ton of hedge funds were shorting tesla they were down on tesla and then people started investing in elon like he was a trading card so it's like they liked elon's personality so they invested in him. they made him the world's wealthiest man for like a couple of days and then jeff bezos came back but this is you know it's a similar thing with gamestop it's like i don't think it's as righteous as people are making it into like they it, it's turned into this like us against the hedge funds us against wall street uh stuff like that it's like wall street versus main street but in reality it was just you know it's just robin hood traders just trying to make money in the and easy money in the market but the piggyback off that which is this is some, some of the good stuff that's come out of this is that like with all the divide that's going on in this country with politics this actually i felt like brought people together like yeah uh, for instance stool presidente dave portnoy he is a very conservative person and then AOC, who's obviously the opposite of that, and they were both talking about the same thing. So it's honestly kind of nice to see us unite. Like, yeah, country kind of almost maybe needed this in a way. Oh, for sure. Yeah, and and it was like Donald Trump Jr. and Ted Cruz and stuff like that were were retweeting AOC or like or like uh, quote tweeting it or something like that. Well, it was great to yeah. see. It it is crazy because it's I w I was listening to a couple of podcasts in preparation for this episode and that was like one of the more popular parts of each podcast was like. This is uniting us. Like we are so different. And from this like shadowed community of like the 1% Wall Street, you know what I mean? The massive hedge funds that do this for a living. You know, they, especially like the hedge funds that are shorting, what they do isn't constructive at all. It's destructive. Their bets are to take companies down. Like that's what they're shooting for. Uh, with, with the Andrew Left situation, like he's famous short seller. His goal is to essentially find holes in the company and exploit them and like use that to bring the company down. And I think people turned it into this thing where it's like, oh, it's, it's, I, people are saying it's like un-American stuff like that. How you aren't, what's un-American, what the hedge funds are doing or no, 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 short, just shorting in general, just short selling in general, because it's like, yeah, you're no, just I'm trying to talk about that too. Yeah. Yeah. So it was like, 
you're essentially just trying to destroy this company because if we get to the basis of investing, it's buying shares or stock in a company to support it, to give it cash. And I think it's transitioned from that because like I said, when you break it down, that's what it's supposed to be. But it hasn't been that way for decades. I don't think personally. Yeah. And obviously, like, again, another positive that's out of, that's through that's come through social media is that the public is way more informed. And before Wall Street can just run around with their like their hands, out, you know, their hands out, like, because nobody is informed. And again, there was only certain sources of media. And obviously, people know, you know, you can't always believe what the media tells you. So it's just very interesting to see the shadiness of Wall Street get like ripped. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, and they've been doing this forever. So it's, oh, yeah. it's interesting. It's, it's something profound and historic has got to happen out of this. I have to imagine. Yeah. And I think especially in the times now where like we have a new president coming in, things are still kind of un- unsure of like what the fiscal policy is going to be. Still kind of transitioning, right? Exactly. Exactly. So it's like a fully transit. It's a fully transitional period. And it's like it, it's almost perfect that this is the time where something like this happens. Like this has never happened ever like it was like 1999 or something the last time that this happened but in reality that was still this is more elevated exactly it, it's i i like i like to call it like frictionless it's more frictionless because of robin hood and well because of the internet exactly exactly more connected exactly it, it, in in that sense and in the sense that literally someone can sit on their couch and trade gamestop you know what i mean so it's like that like someone my age or younger can sit on his or her couch and trade gamestop and make however much money within the day and then pull it out this, that same day. So it's like, and like I said, going back to that, if they're not investing in this company because they believe in it, they're investing in it to make a, a quick buck, which is fully respectable. Yeah, it's pretty much what investing has turned into with high high frequency trading and stuff like that. So that's just my personal opinion. What What is your opinion on that? Um, so wait, can, we, can you remind me of the point? Yeah, so, so basically my point is that Robinhood made investing frictionless and because it never used to be as frictionless because phones weren't around, apps weren't around. Uh, easy access to investing in securities wasn't really around. So opening that up to the public has made it so that there's just this complete inflation in certain securities like GameStop, AMC, BlackBerry, Nokia. When, When massive amounts of people like through the social media that are connected can like do things like that and coordinate this. I mean, like it's just like what the Wall Street people do to us. They've done their whole time. But so my opinion on Robinhood, though, like the you know the user interface is honestly fantastic, very easy to use, very cool. But they got zero percent fees and zero percent commissions. Mm-hmm. So I mean, like, yeah, in in, a, in in my industry, we are moving towards massive fee compression. But even usually, like the biggest and best companies, like uh, like a Vanguard, is the cheap known for the cheapest in fees. But they still have fees because you know nothing in life is free. You know, so like you no. Know what you pay for. Exactly. And and with Robinhood, it's there's so much to the Robinhood situation that people don't understand because I personally, I don't use Robinhood. I never have used Robinhood. I've, te- I've, I've stayed away from it because like you said, nothing in life is free. I 100% believe that. And I learned a long time ago that they were, I, I think the term is front running trade. So essentially they were the way that they do the, the, the uh, commission free platform where you can invest commission free is that they, they show the volume of people investing in a stock and they sell it to certain hedge funds. Data, the data. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And it's the same thing with Facebook. It's the same thing with any of these massive tech companies that have free access to their platforms. It's like they have to make money somehow. Right, and think about this. I don't know if you, do you have a credit card? 
I do. Yes, I have two of them. So, I mean, I don't know if you've ever made a fraudulent claim, but like if you ever make a fraudulent claim on a credit card, they just pay you back regardless. Like mm-hmm. they don't even question it. They, they, they cover it. They're like, oh, sorry. But the reason is because, and like, some, like when, when they did that to me a couple of times, I was like thinking like, you could probably just fake it and they would still do it. Like how would, how can they afford this? And then I learned that credit card companies sell the most data to these, because you think about it, all these, all these companies have so much data on what people are buying. So companies are going to pay big money for that data. So that's how they're able to just really nearly like credit companies are always making money basically because of that. So that's why oh, they of course. get out and, uh, you know, fraudulent claims and all that. Yep. Yep. So, uh, so now we're, what we're going to do is transition to wall street bets as a whole, just that entire community. What is, you gave a little bit on your opinion earlier. What is your opinion on wall street bets as a community, how they affected the markets? They are just, they're, they're, they're revolutionary. You can call it. I mean, they're, they're, they're just, uh, Front run headliners are like the bad boys and in the, in, you know the new the new kids on the block essentially even though they've been around since 2012, but um, I really like I'm I'm pissed off I wasn't a part of their Reddit I mean like I think every investor should honestly be a part of it I'm not saying take their advice by no means do that at your own risk do that but like that's just it's probably so cool to follow like I'm very excited to follow them and just see what else they do because I mean I mean hell like if they come out with something else again and I and I see some potential in it I might get in on it but, but mm-hmm. that's, again that's not my own risk. Yeah, and uh, with with the Wall Street bets and the Robinhood thing, like like I said earlier, it has created this frictionless transition into like not knowing anything about money markets and then being able to invest in money markets. And I personally support Wall Street bets. I support like support money. them too. Not, yeah, exactly. Recommend it. Don't recommend like don't listen no, to everything they do. No. Do that at your own risk. If and the, and the decisions you make are your own fault. Mm-hmm. And I and I was just they are badasses. Exactly. I was I was just gonna say that is like with the Wall Street bets and with the frictionless Robinhood trading, it, it's made investing into something that people think is consequence-free. There's no problems with it. You won't lose anything. You, you know what I mean? So it's like, yeah. it's taking the fear out of it. Right. Well, I, so that that is where the negatives come in. Exactly. Because so again, with the pandemic, which brought on a bunch of newbie investors, and then this shit brought on even more newbie investors, great for the market. But, but the bad part is, is all these newbies that have gotten in since March are thinking that these 50, 100% gains are just like going to happen every year. And they think that they can just, and this GameStop stuff is going to happen on multiple stocks. Like, no, that they're very, that's the one problem that is misconceived with almost every new investor. I mean, I, you know, had that problem too when I first started investing on my own. But so that is something that, you know, hopefully people like, people listen to people like us who preach the long-term principles that like Warren Buffett follows. So, which is the real deal. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'm, I'm not saying like you can't risk, you know, risk some stuff. I, I'm, I'm very risky sometimes. But again, you, you want to make sure you have a long term diversified investment portfolio that, you know, we're, we're a little off topic there, but still. No, no, this is this is perfect. Yeah. So like you were saying, it's it it has turned into that. And basically, I mean, yeah, like I said, my whole point is like it's taken the fear out of it, which is good and bad because it gets people trading, gets people That's investing. Greed. When you read, like in Warren Buffett says, when, when fear, when be fearful when others agree. So like, you know, right now is the time to be fearful if you're owning GameStop stock. I would, based off Warren Buffett. And, you know, yes. I, I think like if I were to define my investing, I would say that I'm 90% fearful, 10% optimistic. So it's like the way I invest is highly diversified, low volatility, basically looking to 45 years from now. It's like, I want to keep my money. Still great returns. Oh, exactly. It's like it, they're perfect returns, and that's what some people don't understand. Is they, they this is them. what 
I don't mean to cut you off. Sorry, but okay. I, I want to make this point before I forget it. This is the problem that people don't understand. And again, this is like what the, the bad part about Wall Street bets and this pandemic uh, newbie uh, investor frenzy is that like people think that like you have to have like 500% returns every year or something. But really, in reality, you just need to have returns that are higher than the average rate of inflation. because That's the whole point is so your money doesn't lose value to that. You know? Exactly. Exactly. And yeah. And, and, and I think investing has gone from something, you know, like I said earlier, buying stock in a company, supporting that company. And it's gone into something that you use to buy a jacket or like a handbag or something like that. It's, that's not the point of it. It's like, it well, could be. That's, your, that's what it says you want to do. Yeah. Yeah. It, at the end of the day, you're taking capital out of your account, which is the whole compounding principle. You know what I mean? So it's like when you're taking principal out of your account, you don't have as much spending power or investing power rather. So it's like, I, I don't know. It, it confuses right. me because I, you know, I'm a Roth IRA investor. I'm a long-term investor. I invest in retirement funds, index funds, mutual funds. So I can't imagine taking a massive chunk out of my account to spend it on frivolous things like well, that. Right. Okay. So I, 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 let me put some context into my comment. So you're absolutely right there, right? With like a Roth or your long-term portfolio, you don't touch that till you're done no. investing with it. But I'm saying like, if you have other short-term goals, you could still invest based off those as well. Like you want to save up and invest for a you know, Louis bag or whatever it is. That's also one thing that I, I, I really try to preach on my social media, YouTube, everywhere is that like investing is all about your situation, like what you want to do with your money and how old you are based on like, and how much you can handle risk. And then you need to, everybody needs to know that. And then they, and if they know that they can obviously make their own decisions better off that mm -hmm. much better. Now, do you think that when people are in the wall street bets community and they only get their information from wall street bets, do you think that that is, is potentially hurtful to their investing career and their confidence as an investor? Yeah. A thousand percent. It's very, very, um, very, very dangerous, very risky, but like, the thing is, I bet you some people just got in and followed this GameStop madness and they're thinking like they're invincible, which mm -hmm. like that's that's the problem is like when stuff like this happens and especially when it happens to a new investor that they think it's the norm and they get like, uh, what's the word? Like the delusional, they're delusional. Yeah. Yep. They, they get overconfident in themselves. They believe in themselves. Uh, yeah, it, it's like overconfident. In, yeah, exactly. So, so yeah, I, I personally think that I don't know if I were talking to a an 18 year old who was considering getting in, in a situation like this, I would almost tell him to stay away from a community like Wall Street Bets because there are a lot of subreddits, a lot of chat rooms that have been flagged for like hate speech and stuff like that that are, that are being taken down as we speak. And obviously that's not the point of it, but it's like this frivolous investing, this, uh, you know, there's no caution with these investing plays. It's easily hurtful for someone's long-term investing career because they don't, they won't know anything else. It's been, it's been 12 years of just complete growth in the stock market that, you know, I, 12 years ago, I was eight years old, you know what I mean? So it's like, I wasn't even investing when this whole bull run began. So it's like, so we've never seen, you know, you know what I mean? Like we've never seen a bear market. So all this, Coronavirus. I mean, it was it was like a, a V-shaped recovery because of that yeah. intervention, the stimulus. But I mean, that was insane. Exactly, and, and I mean, it, it was kind of like similar in two thousand eight. Like people had never seen anything like that. But eventually, we recovered. You know, still people still lost their houses, people still lost their jobs, their savings account. But it's like, this is what cycles are. Like we and and you know, two years ago, people were saying that this this is overvalued, that's overvalued, the market's going to crash this. And yeah, look, look at us now. It's like, you just you just never know. People are so confident in tomorrow in the market, but you really never know. 
that's that, that's I want to harp on that point. That so yeah. nobody, unless they have insider information, they nobody can predict what will happen on Monday or Tuesday in the markets the mm-hmm. next day. Like, and that's the whole caveat with investing. Like, that's risk. You don't know what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. But I also wanted to bring back your point about Wall Street bets. Would you recommend uh, someone to stay away? I wouldn't say stay away. I, I wish I followed them. I would say follow them, but just don't be an idiot and risk all your money. Mm-hmm. You know? Now, now, would you would you argue like um, that you are more you are more confident in your investing? You are maybe smarter than the average 17, 18 year old who uses Robinhood and only uses uh, Wall Street bets because you've been you know you've been around the block, you've been investing for a little bit. I would long. say don't do that. Yeah, I would say yeah, because I I think that it's hurtful when someone's only getting their information from that and have no other experience. And yeah, like that is hurt, very hurtful if it's only them and you don't know right. anything else. Yes, that is no no no. Exactly. And I think that's the difference between someone like you is like you have you have experience, you have that confidence in yourself to be like, I'm going to stay out of this trade. I don't I don't trust it. It looks kind of weird. It's kind of overinflated, like something's going to happen. Robin Hood's who knew Robin Hood was going to stop trading GameStop. Like, I, I don't know your opinion on that situation. But if you could give us a little bit like Robin Hood taking these securities off of their platform, not letting people invest. What, what's your opinion on that? Uh, yeah, so I mean, Robinhood. I've never invested a dime with Robinhood because they've. I've always wanted to, again as like a licensed professional. It's, they, you know, if you really want to invest, uh, the right most of the good investors do not use Robinhood. They use like TD Vanguard or Fidelity. Fidelity, but um, so like again, like like going back to my point earlier about the you know you get what you pay for. Apparently, like usually what brokers do like a fidelity is that they hold the stocks like they don't hold them as investments but they just have them available as a market maker to be able to buy and sell they provide that liquidity or, or that the stock but apparently robin and i made a tiktok about that and i'm i'm wrong about it because Robinhood did not doesn't do that apparently they like third vent party vendor their stocks right? exactly yep yep you're right so like, one i was always sketched out about robin hood and that's why i never invested but after hearing that i was like oh my god but and it's like they're not closing off the buying buying because they don't want people to make money. It's just because they literally cannot like they can't give you they can't sell you the shares. Because no, because they, they'll be insolvent. Like that that's something I learned today is that yeah. they can't actually afford to cover this because it's like they Bring themselves exactly because they they have to they, exactly. They're already in scrutiny, but like if they didn't do this, it would probably be even like way worse. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, because because uh, I I forgot I forgot what the point was. I, I probably should have written it down. But I was listening to a podcast about the situation today with uh, I don't know if you know who like Chamath Polyapatea uh, is or like Jason Calacanis. They're just famous famous early stage investors. And um, Chamath Chamath is actually more so of an open market investor. Um, but they were talking about the situation, and basically, um, Jason. It was an early stage in Robinhood, so of course he was going to, you know, back back his guys up. Yeah, that podcast host, that's the podcast host, right? The, or is, Jason Calacanis. Like, is he, are these people podcast hosts, or what are they? Oh, yeah, you, you're listening to their podcast. Sorry, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Jason Jason Calacanis is the podcast host to this podcast, but they're both world class investors. They invest early stage startups. Chamath worked at Facebook for however long. I think he worked at Google too. Yeah, exactly. They're, they're very very wealthy. Done very well, and um, they basically said that. Like J- Jason was backing them up, backing Robin Hood up, saying that they actually couldn't afford to do this because, right. you know, I I think it was like it was either them or a certain hedge fund. Um, the collateral was based off of like some of the some some of the short selling positions. So it was like if those 
if those positions failed or like partnered with or something right i heard that. yeah yeah it was, it was like citron or something or uh citadel citadel yeah um so i mean it, there's just so much to this situation that people don't understand and i think that that's the tough thing with jumping into the situation off of the wall street bets hype off of the dave portnoy hype you know what i mean yeah it's, it's because there's there are these deities that they look up to as if like you know that, that they're never wrong they don't think twice about it but in reality there's more to the story like this robin hood is a business it's a for-profit business just because they don't have commissions doesn't mean they're not for-profit so it, it's there's just a lot of stuff that um, people don't understand and that's why being wary as an investor being cautious will always be more beneficial than just jumping in yolo calls all day long for you know for day after day it's like you just never know. You never ever know what's going to happen. Who knew this is what was going to happen with Robinhood? Like you could have been, been investing in Robinhood, happy as you could be, starting out in the pandemic, and now this is happening. Who knows what's going to happen with Robinhood? Face some sort of punishment, but they'll definitely lose business, like a lot of business for sure. Yeah, yeah. they probably already have. Yeah, exactly. So, so like I said, um, I, I have another question for you. So I, I typed in the document that I sent you: Robinhood gamifying risky investing. So basically, they're taking options, options plays, stuff like that. They are certifying people for options plays that probably aren't able or knowledgeable enough to make these trades, like specifically with options trades, using leverage to buy these securities. What is your opinion on Robinhood gamifying risky investing like options? So um, I don't honestly know too much about this. So can you give me a little context on gamif gamifying? Yeah. So basically, it's they're making the game. Yeah. So basically, they're making it more palatable. Their app is super clean. There's colors. You know what I mean? So the app it's like a game with investors. Exactly. So that that's how it feels. Is like it's like a game. They're these they basically certify people who aren't certified. Essentially, like they would never be able to trade trade options at on Wall Street or anything like that. They're turning something that's super risky, you're buying it with leverage, and they're making it so that it's not as scary. People aren't scared to do it because it doesn't feel like it's real. It feels like a game. Is that because of the user interface? I would say that and also because, you know, people my age, teenagers, are, I feel like, naturally less cautious nowadays uh, with everything going on. So it's kind of like YOLO all the time. It's like, well, you know, I've... I'll throw 500 bucks in on this options trade uh, options play and this guy in Wall Street bets said that it's I'm going to make 1500 off and I can go buy shoes or whatever you know what I mean so it's so what is your opinion on people being less afraid to go into options or anything else like that using leverage So it can be looked at as very good or very bad I'm going to go at it at, from the bad part first so yeah it could be terrible because if you, you just think money, your money is not a game, like money is real and mm -hmm. you need money. So it shouldn't be looked at as a game. It should be looked at as a strategic way to do whatever you want in life. And there's ways to get it. And so, yeah, I don't I mean, I don't know if they're like trying, like if they're specifically trying to gamify it, but like, not, I, I've never heard of that. But like now that I think of the app and how green and like black it is and how nice it is, it does, that makes sense that they kind of do gamify it. So, um, but to your other point, how it could be good though, like when you do make options trades, like you got to be confident in your trade. But if if kids or any investor can understand that you can't like risk every like all like most of your assets on you know risky things like options unless you really know what you're doing, which most people don't. So it's okay to maybe play and be confident with you know options, but you got to make sure you're okay with losing every penny. Mm -hmm. And I think that 
that is something that should just be universally applicable when it comes to investing. It's like the whole point. It, you're at my level. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And you're young. It's we're immature, so it's different. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that personally, if those principles are established as soon as possible, like when you're 18, when you open up a Roth IRA, it's like you'll never be afraid to invest, but you'll be naturally cautious. So it's like, is you this? You shouldn't be. You can't be afraid, or else you're just gonna sit in cash. Exactly. Exactly. And and I think that with you know natural risk like that, a little bit of risk is that's an, exactly what investing is like the, the market's unpredictable, of course. So yeah, we are actually, we just ran out of the topics that we were going to talk. Oh yeah, yeah. I got one more. I got one more. So, um, so how does this, how does the way Robin hood dealt with this situation or the way that wall street bets was able to just completely, they, they were able to pump the stock up so high, but then Robin hood came in and basically took out the ability to do so because of what we can assume as people up at the top telling them that they had to, or else, how does this reflect executive powers that trading apps like Robinhood report to? Well, it just reflects what's always been going on the whole time. I mean, this is like if, when I'm, you know, as a person that's been following investment. So I'll get into it on our next episode about how I've been investing for so long, but this has always been going on. So, I mean, like to me, this is nothing crazy. So like people don't understand that, like sometimes when like, so the SEC or the FINRA, whoever it is, like has like, so if, when the market tanked in the coronavirus, they shut down the markets because when things get crazy like that, money is such an emotional driver that like if they just let free reign happen, like the the, the, the Dow and the S&P and all that could have gone like so low because when emotions are running, people don't think straight and then they just do rational things. So they, they have to do that mm-hmm. to protect like, yeah, maybe big hedge funds too, but also everybody, like everybody in a way to kind of just collect their thoughts and all that. But What's happening with Robinhood is Robinhood's problem. That's not a market problem. The market is much bigger than Robinhood will ever be. So that's just a, a little differentiator that people may not understand either. They think Robinhood's the only way because they're all these kids are just, you know, that's all they know. Yep. Yep. So, yeah. So I, I, I invest at Vanguard and I was able to buy, and I have an account at LPL Financial and I was able to buy a GameStop on both of those places. So, I mean, like, and Fidelity was able to as well. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's the company. It's not the, the market. Exactly. And, and I made a TikTok that was basically like, do you want to know a security that Robinhood doesn't ban? It's like index funds. It's like things that just casually, they, they grow year after year, like 8 9 10%, whatever. But it's like they the ability to pump those so that they're however many X that GameStop was, it's it's non-existent. Like you want to say to that point though, the fact that that happened, we're definitely in a free market because if it wasn't free, that bizarreness would never have happened. Mm-hmm. Do you, but do you think that the free market has been subdued because of the fact that people couldn't buy more on Robinhood, they could only sell. So it was pretty much one way at that point. The free, the free, the, the free Robinhood market, that's Robinhood's own thing. That's not, the, the, the overall stock market or the shares offered of GameStop. Robinhood doesn't, doesn't offer every GameStop share, like, like I said, because yep. TD, TD had their own. Like other, all these other brokerages have their shares of the stock that they offer. Mm-hmm. Even though it affects millions of trading accounts, essentially hundreds of millions of dollars. But Ro- Robinhood was just, and I'm, again, I'm for the people here. I'm not for Robinhood or for the SEC or anybody. Again, like I said retail wealth management. That means people like you and me. Mm-hmm. But... Um, Robinhood had to cover their ass. I mean, they had to do what they got to do. Like you said, they're a business. They're they're there to make money. They're there not to be sued and do all that. So they're they're doing what they need to do. So they don't care. Exactly. Yep. They care about being profitable the next day. Exactly. Well, we're gonna end this episode right here. Is there anything you want to plug before we go to the next one? 
No, yeah, I actually just made a YouTube video explaining this. So if anybody's listening, please give that a watch, like, and subscribe if you, or leave a comment also if you think, or just to share your thoughts. So that's all I got. And follow me on TikTok, Brody Finance. Perfect. Thank you so much. I hope you guys found that talk insightful, maybe gave you a little bit more uh, information about the whole entire situation. Maybe you were a little bit confused on it. I know I definitely was. I try to stay out of that type of stuff as much as possible because, like I always say, I don't focus on individual stocks. I don't really, because of situations like this. Um, but if you enjoyed this, if you're on Apple Podcasts, make sure to. Uh, leave a review, subscribe, all that type of stuff. Follow me and Freddie both on TikTok, Freddie on YouTube. Go subscribe to him. Um, I, I also have a Twitter by by the name of Two Cents Twenty Year Old, just like my TikTok one. And uh, thank you so much for listening to this episode. It means a whole lot. Bye.